Hello and welcome to A New African Mind, a podcast that focuses on reshaping our views on mental health as Africans. I'm your host, Petrina Dusay. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as MBS Care, where I share helpful tools and tips on mental health. You can also check out mbscare.co. I have great articles on there that also share information on mental health. Today, I'd like to talk about relationships. Through my personal experience and also the work I have done with couples and continue to do with couples, there are some recurring themes and important things that I thought would be great to share on this podcast. I'm going to highlight five of them. The first one I have to share and I have to emphasize is that love is never enough. Love is not enough. It's not enough to make a relationship work. A relationship that involves two people, more than one person. Love is not enough for it to work. And I know I may be bursting some people's bubbles. People may feel like, no, if the love is there, it's what carries you through the hard times, is what makes you endure, so on and so forth. But no, that's not the case. Love is a feeling. And because love is a feeling, oftentimes it's fleeting. What your definition of love is, won't look like another person's. And I'll delve deeper into that in another point. But love is not enough to make a relationship work. I saw a post on Instagram and I thought it was so apt. It said, a person can love you desperately with their emotions and not know how to do so with their actions. An example of this is love languages. And in the next episode, I'm going to talk about what love languages are, what they look like. But as I was saying before, what one person sees as love or their expression of love will look different from another person. And the assumption is you hear people say things like, well, if you love me, you would do this. If you love me, you would do that. And the person is there thinking, "Ah, why is this person complaining so much? I actually do love them because they feel they love you, right? But it goes beyond just feeling the love. There are other important things that we have to take into consideration and we have to be intentional about. There are people who, in the context of their relationships, they love each other. And when they're angry, they hurl insults at each other. Because in that moment, we're angry. It doesn't mean we don't love each other. We're just angry at each other. There are other people in relationships that if you were to insult them, it would mean you don't love them. For some people, expressions of love have to do with buying gifts all the time. And then there are other situations where you hear statements like, you can't buy my love. I want your time. I want your attention. So just the feeling of love is not enough to make a relationship work. Two, issues that people face in the context of a relationship. And I'm speaking primarily about romantic relationships today, but this applies to other types of relationships as well. But the issues that we often face with each other, the problems we think we have with the person we are in the relationship with often predate that relationship. But we think it's specifically about the thing that we have a problem with. Why am I saying this? In previous episodes, you heard me emphasize the importance of upbringing and childhood experiences on who we are as adults. What this means is that I come into a relationship with my baggage. My partner, my friend, whoever it is, comes into the relationship with their prior baggage, their prior experiences. And what happens is that this baggage and these experiences interact with each other. And when they interact with each other, because we are here in the present with each other, we think that this is what's causing the issue, but it started long before you. A person with trust issues, it might feel like, oh, I have trust issues because you don't do A, B, C, D. And that may be good and well. It may be true that you really don't do whatever it is that they're asking you to do. 
But prior to coming into that relationship, they had had issues with trust, abandonment issues. Most of us come into relationships with that. Our partner often doesn't cause that in us. Something in our, our younger experience caused it. So it's important to realize or to be able to know what baggage you're coming into the relationship with through continuous self-work, self-reflection, introspection. When did this start? Where did it come from? What's my first experience with this thing? What daddy issues, what mommy issues am I bringing into this experience? I, through my own experiences, have had situations where I had to dig deep and realize that certain things that I had issues with my partner doing weren't only because I had an issue with it, but the intensity with which I felt it had to do with the fact that I'd experienced that or I'd seen that with my dad growing up. And because of that, I'd gone on to choose relationships that looked very similar. And so I come into this relationship with all this baggage and I react to a situation with so much intensity. And my partner is wondering why this is such a big deal. I also don't realize that I'm reacting to it with all the past, you know, experience in it. And I feel like this person is not understanding me. They don't want to take accountability. If you notice in what I've been saying, at no point do I say that the person hasn't done anything wrong. The baggage is always on one side and fix your baggage. No. If, for instance, your partner has challenges communicating about certain topics and that's an issue for you, it's okay if it's an issue and it needs to be addressed and dealt with. But sometimes the intensity with which we react is less about that particular situation and more about the multiple wounds that we have experienced over the years. People react to things differently. For example, there was a situation where two people started dating and you know how sometimes when people call you, you can cut the call to show that you're busy. One of the partners had a relationship where there was a lot of abandonment, neglect, rejection. And when they would try and call, the other person would cut the call, right? So over the years, to them, this is a form of rejection. Every time their partner would cut the call because they were busy, a huge fight would break out. And the other partner also didn't understand why the other one was overreacting to the cutting of the call. And their response was, I cut the call when I'm busy to let you know that I'm busy. No, 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 don't cut the call on me, let it ring. And it would always be heated about this cutting of the call. One of them was thinking the other one was being unreasonable, so I'm not going to change. And the other one was thinking, you are being unreasonable and was feeling rejected. And it wasn't until we kind of dug deep to find out that this is the reason why this person is reacting this way to the call being cut. So the partner who was always struggling with calls being cut had to begin to do some work on dealing with the rejection issues that they came into the relationship with. And what the other partner also did to support, because usually when you're trying to address issues in the context of a relationship, the understanding is that the other person has to fix and once they fix, everything will be okay. No, both people have to fix. So the other partner who cuts the calls found a better way to deal with it. So there were times when that partner would allow the phone to ring or that partner in cutting the call will send that automatic message saying, can I call you back? And that's how both of them worked on the issue together. So let's be mindful of this. When there's an issue, even if the bulk of the work has to do with one person, the other person can support them in that regard, right? The third one is assumptions as fact. This is something you see in every type of interaction, but I want to talk about it in the context of romantic relationships. How many times have you run with an assumption? 
about why your partner did something that they did and you believed it was true and you created this whole story around it to yourself only to later on find out that your assumption was very mistaken. And because we often have poor communication tools, we don't clarify and things are just built up on that assumption till a lot of the time explosions happen. When you think or you believe your partner has done something for ABC reason, clarify, fact check. The other day when I was talking to you and you walked out, you banged the door. Was that you trying to tell me to go to hell if that's what your thought process is? Oh no, I actually realized I'd banged the door after the fact and it wasn't my intention. I also didn't know how it had impacted you. That's why I didn't say anything. Oh, they've intentionally left their plate there for me to be the one to have to wash it. Did you leave your plate there because you wanted me to wash it, even though you are supposed to wash it? Oh, I actually went to the room to go and get something or to make a quick call. And then when I was done, I was going to come and grab my plate and wash it myself. These are very simple examples. I mean, they may seem very trivial, but the kind of animosity that is built on trivial in the context of relationships will amaze you. And if you are true to yourself, you will be able to realize that you have had such experiences before. Oh, they banged the door after we had the argument. It means they're trying to tell me F you or go to hell. Okay, if that's the case, I'll also do the same thing to them. Then you find something else that you do. And then your partner is confused as to why you're treating them that way. But again, because of the lack of tools, they're also looking at ways to retaliate or to shut down. And then a cycle is created based on one simple assumption that could have been fact-checked. So when you assume something about your partner's behavior or lack thereof, always, as much as possible, try to clarify and fact-check. The fourth thing to note is that people change based on context, life experiences, new information. So do you. You will discover parts of you in the context of a relationship that you didn't even know existed before because it's only expressed in the context of a relationship. There are parts of you that will come out in the context of becoming a parent. And so sometimes we hear things like, this person has changed so much. They didn't used to be like this. They didn't used to be like that. And they also very well didn't know they could be like that until certain life experiences came up. There's a topic called um, the Jahari window. I'll talk about it in terms of getting to know yourself. And there's one of the, the squares in there that talks about the side of you that you don't know and others don't know. And it often takes time and certain specific types of experiences for that side of you to come up or to come out. Oh, this person said they didn't want children and now they are saying they want children and they are pressuring me. People change. It's okay. You change. What's important is when the change is taking place, it's great to bring your partner in on the process because then it doesn't look like night and day. Hmm. I know we said we didn't want kids, but lately I've started thinking about it. I'm undecided on the topic, but it's something that has been coming up for me lately. And the other partner might respond and say, well, when we started, we agreed we weren't having children. No, I understand that. And I'm not saying that we're changing our minds, but I'm just letting you know that this is the thought process that I've been having. I'll share communication tools that will be helpful in the context of a relationship, another episode. But what I've also seen happen is that a change will occur with one partner they don't bring the other partner in on the process. So it looks like I move from point A to point Z, just like that. Bring your partner in on the change. Understand that it's okay for people to change their minds. The goal is with this new idea, this new attitude, this new belief system, this new way of life that I'm coming up with, how do we figure out a way 
to still be able to coexist in a healthy relationship with this change. Some will be hard acceptance. Some of it will be looking for ways to compromise. There are different options, but just understand that change can take place. Someone may have started very religious and before you realize they're struggling with their religion and they're not going to church like the way they used to with you. And it's like, and you don't come to church with us anymore. You're not serious about your, your, your religion. You're not serious about your Christian life. You're not serious about Islam, whatever religion it is you're affiliated with. But often people go through changes within them based on various experiences. So be intentional about talking to your partner about the changes that you're going through. But also it's important that when you're noticing that in your partner, create a safe space for them to talk about what it is that's going on with them. Your partner might lash out or act in a way that you've never seen them act before. And they didn't even know they were capable of that till that particular situation brought it out in them. Your partner may never have thought of squandering a certain amount of money till some particular situation came up. And before they realized, they're like, I never thought I would spend this amount of money on anything like that. It happens. The fifth and final one is, if everyone is always pointing fingers, who will do the work? One person leaves their goalpost, the other one sees the other one has left their goalpost, so they leave their goalpost, and they're both pointing out the fact that each of them has left their goalpost, but the goalposts have been left unmanned. One of the best ways to have a healthy relationship and work through conflict well is when each individual is able to look in the mirror, self-reflect, and realize that. These are the areas that I need to grow. These are my opportunities for growth. Some people call weaknesses, but I prefer to call them opportunities for growth. These are my opportunities for growth. And so interestingly, if you are intentional about it, you realize that what you come up with is the very thing your partner has been complaining about. But often our ego, our pride is like, ah, they can't be right. Because it's as though if the other person is right, then I'm wrong. No. Both of you can be right at the same time. Both of you can be wrong at the same time. And that's actually almost always the case. The fact that if I think I complain too much, if I'm too nitpicky and I acknowledge that I am, then it means that if I complain about something, my partner will not take it seriously. No, it can be true that you have perfectionist tendencies, that you're nitpicky. And it can also be true that your partner is doing things that you should complain about or that you don't feel okay with. But imagine if you are able to acknowledge this and you're able to acknowledge this part of you. You're able to look at yourself and say, I should stop striving for perfection. I need to stop striving for perfection. I need to be more open to things not going my way. And then your partner is able to say, I know the things that my partner has issues with. Let me be intentional about being better about or doing better with those things. And both of you are doing the work. It's so beautiful. What will happen? The outcome will just be so lovely. I know it sounds like I'm talking about a utopia, a perfect world, but we are striving to be better. And these are the ways in which this is possible. If each person is to take some time to engage in self-reflection, realize where they need to grow and do better in, and actually start putting in that work, you'll realize that there'll be less clashes you'll realize that each person will start to feel relational satisfaction even more. So you'll have one person say, you never go out with me. We never do anything together. We are always at home. And then the other one is, you always want to go out, stay in your house. Every day you want to go here, you want to go there. Then 
the person who likes to go out all the time starts to explore why do i feel the need or the desire to always go out are there things that i can do with my partner indoors where i enjoy spending time with them where it doesn't always have to be about going out and then the other one says to themselves i get i know i'm very comfortable at home but it would be nice to also do things outside with my partner because it means a lot to them so i'll make the effort and then gradually you find a way to strike a balance right so these are the five things that i want us to be mindful of the first one is that love is not enough to make a relationship work the second one is that oftentimes the issues we have with our partners predate that relationship the third one is that we should stop operating with our assumptions as though they are facts and actually do some fact checking and clarification with our partners the fourth is that people change based on different situations. They discover parts of themselves they didn't even know existed until, you know, within the context of the relationship. And it's okay. You will change too. It's important to just talk to your partner, bring them along on the journey, and also create a safe space for such conversations. And the fifth and final one is that if everyone is pointing or if each person is pointing at the other one and what they need to work on, no work gets done. But if each person is willing to look at themselves as much as possible on what they need to work on, so many of the issues will actually get resolved. So these are just five things out of the many, but I think these are the five salient points that I wanted to share about things to know about relationships. I hope this helps someone out there. As usual, I wish you peace and unconditional love. Thank you.